Matt is like, I'm sad. You're sad. I don't know what to do about Rachel. You don't know what to do about Rachel. Chris is a master of the Meisner technique. Anything anyone says, he just says right on back. Good morning, Kayla. And most importantly, good morning, Sean. You're back. Good morning. I will not fact check this, but I'm happy to be the first return guest on the podcast. You are the first returning guest. Incredible. (laughs) So prestigious. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. An episode so nice, we had to do it twice, you know? So you're back and we're happy to have you, especially covering this episode because I missed about half of it. I was doing laundry, so you'll be able to fill in. (laughs) the blanks for me also because it was so mind-numbingly boring holy crap it was like it was so boring and then I, the last hour honestly I was about to say I wish the whole thing had just been after the final rose but I don't because it was so sad and so hard yeah. to watch that like it shouldn't have been longer it yeah, just it shouldn't was, have been yeah. but it should have just been an hour of episode like two hours of episode was way too much to just walk, watch these people walk around having internal conflict. I was like, just fucking speed it the fuck up. Like we know, we get it. I'm so curious. I want like the, the pie chart of Bachelor viewers. Like how many people went into last night knowing exactly what was gonna happen over the course of the entire three hours and which people like had no, like we're like caught up in the love story still. I'm just so curious because like, it was so boring as knowing exactly how it was going to play out for three hours. It was, yeah, like, well, could not have been less interesting. I was saying to Emily, like I took notes for the episode, but I feel like we're going to spend 20 minutes talking about the episode because none of it matters. Like we took, like we could talk about the episode, but none of it ends up being relevant. Yeah. But the one thing that I will say that I, I will miss about Chris, if he is gone from this position and I'm, I'm not going to be like a Republican bachelor viewer, conspiracy theorist on Facebook, who's like, if there's no Chris Harrison, I'm not watching. That's not it. But I will miss the Chris Harrison voiceover saying finale. Season finale. Did you guys notice they had Chris record a voiceover saying, Emmanuel Acho will be. I, I know. Like, that's so, that's a, I tweeted it. I was, that's my first that's note. Incredible. I was like, him doing the voiceover is so weird. I know that hearing someone else's voice would probably be weird too. But him doing the voiceover to introduce the person who filled in for him because he was racist on television was was like weird. I was like, it was weird. But a counter to that is there is such a large portion of Bachelor viewership that is still supporting him. I know, and I feel like him introducing Emmanuel Acho is more of a choice of like, no, like we all support this. And I'm not saying I agree with the choice. I think it was a weird choice. But I think yeah. because there is such a large portion of the viewership that does yeah. still back Chris. To see Chris supporting the choice of Emmanuel Acho hosting after the final rose, I think was not a great marketing move, but it was a marketing move. It was weird um, to <laughs> us who like are in on all of the gossip and know the the like w- you know the story, but I'm sure to like you know the old ladies who don't have Instagram or Twitter or the conspiracy theorists, they're like oh, so comforting. Rachel's also, family, right? I had a lady last night favorite one of my tweets. Her profile picture was Mitt Romney, and. Her, I went to her Twitter because I was like, no. And she had tweeted like, oh, Chris, he'll be back next season. It's not going to be the same without him. I was like, God damn it. It was literally, she favorited my tweet about how horrible the episode was, but. Didn't do a deep dive onto the profile. (laughs) No, that's where the common ground ended there. We kick off the episode with Michelle meeting Matt's parents. And really, I mean, they love her. It's great. But the, the thing that I wanted to point out was that Matt says, to his mom and his brother, you know how I'm really closed off emotionally. And then his mom in her in the moment goes, I don't think Matt would ever get engaged at the end of this. And I was like, what were the requirements to be the bachelor? Like he, he has himself said he's not very emotionally open. His mom says he's not going to get engaged. How did they screen him to be a candidate for this? They literally... You know how. You know how they screened him to be a candidate for this season. Doing crunches while they filmed him? He was was the only black man they knew. And they were like, like, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. Which is like... Mike Johnson's like, what? We've talked about the controversy of them choosing him, obviously, like, because when they chose, they were like, you know, racism doesn't exist because we chose a black bachelor. You're welcome. Like, we solved it. And so it was really problematic, of course. But yeah, it was... This whole season, I've been thinking, could have been Mike... It could have been Mike. 
Could have been Mike. Could have been Mike. That's the thing with Mike is like, okay, again, I don't, I, yes, we all wanted a Black Bachelor, of course, because it's been 25 years and that's stupid that they didn't have one before now. However, you know, don't love the just like, we're just going to choose one to absolve racism. But like, if they're going to choose one, choose one who's in the franchise and choose Mike Johnson, obviously. (laughs) And obviously Mike Johnson. No, I I like Matt and I ended up feeling obviously really terrible for Matt. I think we all did like toward the end, but we'll get there. Then we have Matt's brother in one of my favorite moments of the episode when he's going to talk to Michelle. He says, I'm not looking for a feeling. I'm looking for a vibe. I love it. Here for the vibe check. Yeah, John James came ready. He had a list of questions. He had their resumes. He had their cover letters and he was ready to go. He was just like, what's the fucking vibe? And I love that. I think that that's how every meeting the family should go. Because I think so many of them, and he also did ask good questions and was actually like kind of hard on them in a good way. But like, I feel like so many of them are like, yeah, we're fucking screening this guy. And they pull out like a scroll of questions or this this girl and then he comes in and he's like ah i just want to see if we vibe <laughs> between john james and emmanuel Acho, we got the most hard-hitting questions that have ever been on this show we're usually getting asked absolutely the stupidest questions like when they're on the home to or the uh, meet the family dates they're like so like what made you fall in love with my son kind of like what patty was asking but with john james and Emmanuel Acho, we were getting like very serious questions. And it was the first time I've been interested in these conversations ever. Then I ended up getting bored again, but I digress. I love a vibe check. I also wrote down that Patty said, quote, I have no control over Matt Loves. And all I wrote about that was just like Sweetnums. Peter's mom is quaking at her saying she has no control over who her son loves. Sweetnums said, not if I can help it. She said, yeah. I'd like a word. Yeah, she did kick <laughs> off the set of After Final Rose last night, unfortunately. She tried to get in, but they would, they would not let her in again after last year's debacle. <laughs> to try to facilitate Matt's love life, yeah. She stage door Matt James. Yeah, she's, <laughs> oh, she totally got a signature on her playbill too. So obviously there's a lot of rumors about Patty and her political beliefs and, you know, who she is as a person. Patty is so fascinating to me because she says one thing, but her face always says another. Like anything she's saying, she's like, I'm so happy right now, deadpan. Or like, she's confused, but her face looks sure of herself. Sean, I know that you and your brother are both in like very happy and successful relationships, but I just want one of you to be the bachelor so that your parents can have this date. I just think, or I'll be the bachelorette so that your parents can have this date. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's go with that one. If I ever go on it and make it to hometowns, God forbid, I will have your family act as my family (laughs) for for that and be like, these are my parents. You look nothing like them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sign them up. This is so hard to recap in order because I have so many g- general thoughts about like, yeah. this episode was written like a Greek tragedy. It was like, it was a, this, this was a theme. I'm not actually opposed to taking it out of order if we want to talk about the episode in general and then we could go to after the final rose. Yeah. When Rachel met Patty and John, it more or less went the same way as it went for Michelle. Yeah. They liked both of them. Like, yeah, they, they didn't have an issue with either of them. There's really not much to talk about there. Other than that, I need, I need patty to cool it with a blush i have meet the family thoughts before we move on to the rest of the dates i I I feel like um (laughs) it was this whole episode was so uncomfortable to watch the james family trying to reconcile with their past in every possible moment of um this episode like matt james feels a breeze and he's like that breeze as a child, I never felt my dad there for. And it's like, <laughs> where did that come from, dude? I just feel like every single every single question yeah. that Patty asked and got answered, she was just trying, like, she didn't give a single shit about Matt. Get it. She's like, Matt's not getting engaged. This is a waste of time for Matt. But for me, I'm going to use this chance to have all these women tell me that I did an okay job raising Matt by myself. And that's like, that's very much how I felt she yeah. was hearing all of the... <laughs> answers Rachel and Michelle gave. Uh, I feel like we talked about this a little bit last week. I feel like the producers have used this season to like, just, I mean, we know this, but they've just used the season to capitalize on trauma, particularly the trauma of people of color and particularly the trauma of Matt James. And like last week when his dad came, like it was just like, 
they're just feeding into these really harmful stereotypes. And I felt like this episode was a continuation of that. So I feel like, yeah, it was like such a, it was just like every conversation that was had was about that. But at the same time, I was like, I'm wondering how much of that was producer prodding. Like, talk about this, talk about this in your ITM, like talk about your dad. And then he talks about his dad and then that's all they show and they don't show anything else. And I, and it just is like, we know, but like, as like, I think it was Michelle said to, to Patty, she was like, it, it didn't, it made him a, a good person. Like he is a good person and like he, whatever, he's, he's a good man. Cause he is, and he's more than just that like trauma that they keep trying to capitalize on. It's well, yeah. And it's also just, I mean, it's also like we say with anything, like there, these contestants are usually with his family for several hours. So I'm sure there was like a lot more conversation that happened that they were just like, no, 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 keep talking about his dad. But the thing yeah. that was bizarre to me about the whole thing is that Matt James is not ready for this for many reasons, but I think it was made most obvious when his mom said one thing to him and it changed the entire trajectory of what he wanted to do. Like, he was so sure that he was, like, getting engaged at the end of this, talking about getting engaged at the end of this. And I understand that, like, your parents' opinion matters to you and, like, it's important. But, like, it just took his mom being like, you're not going to get engaged, right? And he was like, oh, my God, I shouldn't get engaged. And it changed the entire course of the rest of the events and it was like I don't support Chris blatantly telling him he shouldn't listen to his loved ones but at the same time I understand what Chris was saying of like dude this is not what you were saying six hours ago like what happened right and I felt like his mom made a good point and his brother too made good points like Patty was like people fall in and out of love like love is not a period it's not you know the end-all be-all and I think that's a good point because I think like this show it f- feels so like terminal and it feels so like and then at the end we get engaged and that's it and that's like the worst game show ever like your prize is a husband gross so I feel like I I appreciated what she was saying but like when she said it and he was just like oh fuck and it just ruined like everything yeah he just got so in his head about it and I feel like him being in his head is also like what led to him hurting Michelle and t- led to all of the, like, it was just like a snowball effect. And it was like, Oh my God, it was, it was so, it, it was just a complete 180. Yeah. And nobody ever said the alternative either. Like they were saying like, well, love, you know, my mom said love is not the end all be all. Are you disavowing marriage here on the bachelor right now forever for yourself? I, I just didn't know. Right. Like, so like, you know, it takes, it takes more than love to make a marriage work. And then they never said what more than love to be looking for. Right. Yeah. Which left left me confused. I was like, well, what's right? Because it's like, what's the new criteria? Well, for in terms of new criteria, it seems like if he's relying on more than love to make a marriage work, that Michelle is the obvious choice. Like he has stated numerous times that she would be a great long term partner. She would be a great like friend. She would be a great mom. Like. I feel like that's the the additional criteria. I feel like Rachel is the like, oh well, I love her and she's hot, right? Like it was. It's like this like young. It's like lust, basically. Yeah, I just and but I gotta say, watching him with Rachel. I mean, even before the after the final rose, like I feel so bad for him because they really yeah. did seem like yeah they were super into it, and it was like sad to watch. I was like, it just it it all just feels very. Yeah, uh, I I appreciated because a lot of times when you get this meet the parents, you get the parents hate one of them and love the other one, especially on The Bachelor, you know, sweet nums. So I appreciated that kind of Patty and uh, John were just like, they liked both of them. And I liked that. I was like, oh, I'm glad that they weren't like shitting on one girl. But I was like, can we have a little bit more info about like your actual thoughts on them? Because it yeah. was just kind of like, she's nice. Oh, she's nice, too. Then and I, I was like, she's it, nice, but he's not getting engaged. So. Right. It was like, it was like not helpful at all. And also like kind of going into his relationship with Rachel and what you were just saying, like he was talking about seeing how Rachel handles things has made me so sure of da da da. How does she handle things, Matt? I've never seen her handle anything. Like she shuts down. She's not like, doesn't talk about her feelings until you ask her and like, try to like have to pry. 
I'm like, he talks about her like she's like so mature and and so self-aware. And I was like, that's just not what we've seen. Like she doesn't yeah. seem to be that way. And then the only thing notable of the like scaling down a building for no reason, D, is that um, Michelle said, I'm already in love. I don't need to fall to be more in love. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Finally, she, she, someone calling attention to how stupid that is. She spoke for all of us. Like, can we please stop wasting everyone's time with this nonsense <laughs> and just get to um, ATR? Why did they <laughs> scale a building to get to a couch? Just fucking go to the lobby. Like, the Nema colon has a couch. You can just go to the couch. Hook to the couch with the pulleys. Yeah. I didn't realize they were, I should, I've been watching the show for long enough, I should have realized, but I didn't realize at first that they were going to scale the building. They went up to the roof and Matt pointed to the couch. He's like, we're going there. I was like, okay, so go. I was like, weren't they just, weren't they just on the ground, presumably? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why don't you guys just fucking take the stairs or an elevator? <laughs> I don't know. Seems like a lot. Uh, yeah, so they scale down the building. And I just want to point out, the show should have been over right then and there. He should have picked Michelle. She scaled down the side of the building in heels. Yeah, she was wearing like, heel like, boots. That's the winner. Oh, that's like, that's oh now I then I understood that's what Patty meant. That's what it, besides love, it's, it's that kind of tenacity <laughs> and boldness. Yeah, you know both girls are nice, but which one could scale a building in heels? Ask yourself the question. La Tiendita is your little shop of fun based in Kentucky. Their Huga-inspired items leave customers comfortable and smiling in any of their spaces. Their shop collaborates with creators who embody their principles of living happy, healthy, and outside. By providing hand-picked items especially for you, La Tiendita helps you find your joy wherever you call home. You can check them out on Instagram at latiendita.love. Go to their page. They have the cutest little shop, cutest little handmade things. You will absolutely love it. I promise. Earlier, when he was leave, she was leaving the thing with his mom. She, he was like, Michelle is the perfect woman. She would be the perfect partner. I can't believe she hasn't been swooped up. That was his term. I can't believe she hasn't been swooped up. Uh, like she's the best. And then I was like, okay, so he's not picking her. It's already, it's right. confirmed. Like, and I right. was like, I just, part of the reason Matt James is not emotionally mature enough to be the bachelor is because this is such like frat guy mentality of being like, she's the perfect partner. Like she'd be the best, but this other one's hotter. I like her more. Like, it just like, right. it was such a weird, like, I'm like, he's literally talking about how Michelle would be the perfect partner. He has said none of those things about Rachel. And then he dumps Michelle. I was like, my head hurts. But you, that's how you know when a guy is like, how are you single? Or how have you not been swooped up yet? That's how you fucking know, dude. That guy's going to fuck you over. If somebody says that to you, good fucking riddance, dude. Like, your days are numbered if a guy says that to you, for real. So him saying that was just like, ooh, right off the bat. Like, that's it. End the episode. Roll the credits. We get it. Yeah, he um, just, it was not good. And then, and then he, you know basically panics we don't even really know why they have a perfectly lovely day date and then they go inside and he's like i gotta be honest with michelle and even though he just had a perfectly lovely time with her he just out of nowhere breaks up with her um, after she gives him the sweetest gifts i've ever seen oh this, right. uh, the gifts were i the gifts i kind of cringed at i didn't like i thought the one she gave him was cute because her kids yeah. called her him mr james whatever i thought that was cute and then when she opened one that said mrs james i was like no, yeah no 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 wrong move, wrong rewind, move. rewind please it's a horror film this is a horror film definitely cringe but like when people give gifts i don't know like I, it was i think it was nice i think the mrs james one was a lot at first i thought the first jersey said mrs james and i was like you gave him a gift that is for you to wear and then I realized, and I was like, oh, okay. And then she did the Mrs. James one, and I was like, okay, she's very confident, and I don't blame her, because like he had literally 45 minutes before been like, oh, I'm having the best time. And then she pulls out the gifts, she's trying to be so cute, and then he's like, wham! <laughs> like, that's it. He's like, I bet you thought you were secure, bitch. Yeah, no, it was, it was like, it was very weird. And also their goodbye was just not what it should have been for people who were super in love 20 minutes ago. He was yeah. just basically like, it's not working. I can't get there. Sorry. And then 35 seconds later, he was out the door. And literally all he said was, bye. And then we learned later that Michelle was obviously shocked by that ending too. And she tried to get in touch with him and, and we'll get into that. But it, it just felt like for two people that were very much in love, 
literally 20 minutes ago. It just felt like a very abrupt and weird goodbye. Extremely inconclusive. Like, (laughs) okay, but bye. And like that type of breakup too. It's like, oh, maybe it's not over. Maybe I'll hear from him again. And if it were Peter Weber, that's what would have happened. (laughs) Then he would have proposed. You know, she would have been one of the six that he proposed to. But (laughs) it's Matt James. And so after a breakup like that with Matt... Like, you'll never fucking hear from him again. Obviously, at After the Final Rose. But, like, that was just... He was, like, done. Bye. That's it. Of course you're never going to hear from him again. His name is Matt. Tells us everything we need. Someone texted me this. My friend texted me this. And she was like, dude, the I can't get there with you. Just say you like Rachel better. Like, that would that would be less hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> than, yeah that one hurt me. I felt that. Like, where are you now? Where is there? There was a lot of, I, I don't feel anything usually when I watch the show anymore, but this episode, I felt things a few times. And that was one of them when he was like, I just, just that like absolute like gut punch of getting broken up without a fucking nowhere. I was like, oh, ow, ow, yeah. it hurts. It hurts to watch. Um, and also just his absolute Matt-like behavior about it. Like it was too, yeah. it was too real. But then we see that Rachel's date is supposed to be the next day. He talks to Chris about it. And Chris shows up at Rachel's door, which by the way, the first thing, seeing Chris is like seeing a ghost. I'm always like, oh, right, he's still here. And then second of all, a fucking course. Chris and Rachel are besties. She opens the door and she's like, Chris, like more excited to see him than she's ever been to see Matt James. I was like, there's something going on here. There's something amiss. And like, he calls her Rach all the time. And I was like, of course, of course they're besties. It all is coming together. I, Chris is trying to get so chummy this whole, I love it. Chris trying to be cool with Matt. <laughs> there was like an entire between commercial break that was just him and Chris talking about nothing. Well, that's why after the final rose, I actually, as sad as it was, I don't want to say I enjoyed it because it was, it was like difficult to watch. But what I enjoyed about it is we have never heard someone ask questions like that in an interview because we're used to Chris just like regurgitating back whatever the person is saying to him. And like Emmanuel Ajo was like asking questions. I was learning things about the people. Asking really important questions. Meanwhile, Chris Harrison is just like, you're upset. <laughs> he has no fucking I'm like oh my god how do you make billions from this Chris Harrison makes so much money to do this <laughs> so anyway so he cancels the date and in Rachel's defense Rachel fully thinks she's getting broken up with because why in the world would you cancel your last date with someone that you're in theory about to propose to so Rachel was like mentally prepping all day that she's getting dumped on proposal day which I would be too like It's like, why wouldn't you, my mom was like, why wouldn't you just have the date? I know you're like feeling a little out of it, but like, that's probably going to make you feel more secure. I understand. Like, of course he was having a hard time and deciding if he wanted to propose and like, of course, like totally get it. But I feel like it would have actually helped helped him. Yeah. Or if he had gone to talk to her, like he just sent Chris and was like, go tell her that I'm not coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Like, he could have just shown up and been like, hey, I don't want to have a full date today. Like, I have a lot on my mind, but it's not anything you did, and I don't want you to Yeah, panic. but Emily, I that's just... not good TV. We had to see Rachel sweat. We had to see her think she was getting we, dumped. Right. Like, it had to happen. And we had to see Chris. Hey, Rach. <laughs> I had a hard time during this pre-proposal segments. I'm, I was so confused, like, what the conflict they were trying to make us feel was. What are the stakes anymore? I had no clue what the stakes became of like this. So is, is he maybe going to break up with both of them? I just didn't know what I was supposed to be hoping against or for. What's the conflict here? Like what's happening? I, I don't understand. It was such a horrible play. Terribly written. Yeah, it was terrible. Like zero stars. It's closing in previews. Like there's no way it's even making it to opening, honestly. It was all very weird. And then like the note that was like, I'm sorry, meet me at the lake. I was like, for the proposal or like just to hang? And then it like cuts to Matt and he's in a suit. I was like, oh, we're going right in. We're going right in. I understand that like she has the producers on her side and they tell her what to wear and stuff. But like if someone said, meet me by the lake, I would have been there in my flannel and my little jeans and my sneakies. And I would have been like, what's up? Are we going kayaking? Then he's like in a suit proposing. I'd be like, what the fuck? Also, (laughs) we saw the day before with Michelle, it fully snowing. The proposal site has a fire lit because it's cold out and they have Rachel show up in a sleeveless dress. I was like, 
help this bitch yeah. out. Like she's going to go through enough in a few months with everything going on. Like, can she just be warm on this one day? Get her a shrug or something. Usually when they pour their heart out before the like proposal or whatever, it's usually like they, they are convinced they win, whether we know they do or they don't. And I appreciated that Rachel took a more practical approach to this. Like she thought she was getting dumped, like, because he blew yeah. her off. So she's like, she literally was like, I thought you ghosted me like for real. Right. So like (laughs) her pouring her heart out to him, like, yeah, she said she loved him and stuff, but it was still like, okay, like if it's not me, like, I just hope you're happy. And I I feel like it was one of the first like pouring their heart out before a proposal that actually seemed more realistic. Like, I feel like usually they just assume they're winning no matter what. And then it becomes very awkward to watch when they get dumped. And then the second he's like, I want to date you. She's like, I'm the happiest I've ever been. You are my soulmate. Also, that's so fucking lame. Like, I know that this, the proposal part of the show is kind of ridiculous, but like. But apparent, apparently it's critical. <laughs> Will you be my girlfriend? Well, like, without, so stupid. without them screaming into the camera, we're engaged. I didn't know. Like, I was like, how do we end this scene? I have no clue. I was like, what if, what's yeah. the button? I was like, <laughs> I know. Like even even Peter Weber was like, yeah, I'm gonna just like propose. I guess <laughs> he clearly didn't want to. Like he didn't want to get engaged, but he did because he was like, I don't really know how else this ends. <laughs> like, this was the most expensive and public way to get a girlfriend I've ever seen in my life. This the show just became, especially because there, especially because Michelle wasn't at the end, this season just became like Matt met a bunch of girls and decided to start dating one of them. <laughs> That's been like historically also how I've done my life since I was like 16. Like I met a few people and I decided to date some. Like that's, that's all this that's all the season was. It also just like is, I mean, I hate I I don't feel bad for Rachel, but at the same time, it was very difficult to watch this ending scene because like you can tell like as much as there's a lot of shit with Rachel like you can tell she really did care for him a lot and it was just like very sad to watch knowing what was going to end up happening I mean more sad for Matt obviously but it was just like it was kind of brutal to watch especially because like what Sean was saying earlier like I want to know you know obviously our generation is very invested in like the Bachelor podcasts and spoilers and Reality Steve and that kind of stuff. But there is an entire generation of people who watch this show and only know what they see every week on the episode. And I feel like it's a fine line to walk when it comes to After the Final Rose because sometimes they act like the spoilers don't even exist. So then After the Final Rose is very boring because we already know everything they tell us. But then this time it was almost too far in the other direction where they assumed that everybody watching knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, it, it was yeah. like, no spoilies, but you already know. <laughs> so. I, I wish I had like a PhD in media right now. Cause I'm so, The Bachelor is becoming so weird. Cause I feel like yeah. in the intro to the episode, they were like showing us like the love story and like, oh, like this choice Matt has to make. And it's like, the, up until like 10 o'clock last night, they did nothing to address the fact that there's there's the season playing out right now on TV every Monday. And then there's a whole separate reality TV show happening on Instagram while the season's airing. And they're just operating into completely parallel universes. And it's the trippiest thing ever to be part of like the live social media season and then go backwards in time. Now that's a well-written play actually. This like, this like time jumping is fantastic. <laughs> Knowing what you know now, how do you see this stuff from the past? Little Women. Little Women, exactly. <laughs> directed by exactly. Greta Gerwig. They, I love your work. <laughs> Greta Gerwig is producing The Bachelor. Would the show benefit from acknowledging these like two timelines playing together or does that become a different thing? I think something that the show has explored in the past but never done is something like more of a Love Island structure where it, 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 it like films is edited and is out like three days later. And something like that structure, I think The Bachelor would benefit from because even when it's not this huge controversy like it was this season, there's always stuff that happens after filming wraps that we find out about on Instagram that isn't played out on the show. 
I think it's kind of a symbiotic relationship of like reality Steve generates hype and generates interest, which gets people to watch the episode, which keeps The Bachelor relevant. Yeah. It's very true because if they really did want it to change, you could change it. Fucking change it. Yeah. I would love that because it's like hard. I mean, this season was kind of an exception where it was like particularly really hard to stay away from spoilers because they were everywhere. But even in a normal season, it's hard to not see spoilers. Like when you're really like, I want to watch this season and have no idea what happens, you have to be like, nobody look at me. Like, <laughs> unfollow everybody. Okay, so if you are like Emily and are constantly trying to submit yourself for The Bachelor, maybe the problem is you don't have a great headshot, and we are here to help you with that, and you won't have to use the shitty ones that ABC provides. So Kyle Watkins, friend of the pod, is a headshot photographer located in Jersey City with prime access to Manhattan and the rest of the tri-state area. His clients have gone on to book work on regional touring and Broadway productions, as well as Netflix original series. He's now booking COVID-friendly studio sessions for the new year. Check him out at www.kylewatkinsphotography.com. Mention Don't Insult My Intelligence when booking for 10% off your headshot session. Go support Kyle and book a headshot session. We go to After the Final Rose and we're introduced to Emmanuel Acho, who's going to be hosting... AFR in the place of Chris Harrison, which he was fantastic. Like he honestly, after the final rose was brutal to watch just because of everything going on, but it, it would have been handled so fucking terribly if Chris Harrison had hosted it. Like it, it, Mm -hmm. it would have been awful because I think part of what made after the final rose so impactful was like, Emmanuel Acho was A, asking great questions, but B, like allowing Matt to be quiet and to be silent and to process his emotions and then speak versus Chris Harrison would have just been like steamrolling him to keep talking. He would have just been bulldozing through and again, not adding any substance or anything important to the conversation, like not trying to actually unpack things, but just being like, repeating things that we have seen you know like oh at this point you felt sad and it's like genius gold star thank you one of the things that I enjoyed right out of the gate before we even really spoke to Michelle or Rachel was Emmanuel asked him about the weight of being a black man in this role which is something that as much as they capitalized off of Matt being black they never really touched on that in the season about the weight of that and Matt talked about the pressure of like any other lead in this position is just asked to come on the show and find love. And he was like, I, every week, I might be the only black man that has ever been in some of these people's homes. And so there's a pressure to represent black men well and seem well-spoken and seem sensitive and seem non-threatening. And I feel like that was a super important conversation that I don't understand why it wasn't had immediately at the, like the premiere episode that should have been discussed. Like, yeah, well, it, it was, but it was, he asked Chris Harrison. Oh, right. right, We talked about this on the first episode and it was weird. Like we talked about how, why did he ask Chris Harrison, a white man of all people? He's like, what does it mean for me to be the first black bachelor? And it was like, why wasn't this a conversation with Rachel Lindsay, Tasha, Mike Johnson? Yeah. And literally- I do remember we talked about that, yeah. Not Chris Harrison. And so they kind of tried, but like it didn't work. Like it wasn't, it because it wasn't actually a constructive conversation. Matt, they didn't actually like unpack what yeah. it meant or actually talk about what it meant. Chris was kind of just like, you're just another bachelor. <laughs> but it's like, there is weight to this. Like there is. Chris Harrison's like, I don't see color. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Foreshadowing. Yeah, well, that was, that was well, went the wrong direction. I feel like if they had Chris, you know, Chris, who understands the history of African-American experiences, you know, equipped to answer that question for Matt. There's no other choice. Chris just like froze, miscircuited and said, are you ready to meet all the ladies? Like he had no answer. <laughs> the journey begins. The journey begins. The most dramatic season in Bachelor history. So <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, I'm glad that he actually did get to have this conversation appropriately and with someone who actually could understand him and give him feedback. Yeah. 
that was hard. And then Michelle came out and he talked to Michelle, uh, Manuel, just Manuel talked to Michelle for a while. Really the only big thing we learned about this was that she also felt their goodbye was extremely abrupt. She tried to get in touch with him to get some closure and he refused to speak with her. Um, I wonder, I'm curious, I, was she just talking, I, maybe I missed something, but I feel like she was just talking about the actual breakup. She was trying to get more from him and he wasn't doing well, it. I'm not, then, I, I didn't get the sense that she tried reaching out after. But then Matt made an interesting comment later when he was speaking with Michelle and she was saying like, I really wasn't doing well and it like hurt me that you wouldn't talk to me. And Matt was like, had I known that you were feeling like that, I would have fought harder to have the conversation. So the way that Matt worded that almost felt like producers were telling Matt he couldn't talk to Michelle because he didn't say, if I had known you were feeling that way, I would have talked to you. He said, I would have fought harder to have that conversation. So to me, that kind of implied that production shut it down. Yeah, which I kind of wondered that too when she brought it up because she was like I talked to the producers about like wanting to talk to Matt and he refused and I was like that's really interesting because I mean he may have but I don't know like it's very likely that production was like oh he doesn't want to but like lied because they want to save it for AFR it's the same thing with everything you're not allowed to talk unless unless it's on after the final rose right exactly um so she looked absolutely amazing again like like many of the women we saw at the Women Tell All, she looked like a woman about to see she her did. ex. <laughs> she and did. And they it was asked amazing. Her about Rachel Kirkconnell. And uh, Michelle said that it's exhausting feeling like people are apologizing and talking and making statements and repeating the cycle, but not actually changing things. It seemed at that point like she was speaking more generally just about what every, everything going on right now, not specifically Rachel, because then she does add that she thinks that Rachel has a good heart. She, she liked Rachel, like whatever. There's just a lot of growth that needs to happen there. So they did acknowledge the Rachel situation with Michelle, which I get why, but at the same time, I was like, if I were Michelle, I'd be like, can I have one fucking second about, and talk about being on this show and not talk about Rachel Kirkconnell? Because I feel like that's what is getting brought up to every woman of color that was on this season is like, so what do you think about the situation with Rachel Kirkconnell? And it's like, well, I had a whole ass relationship. Like, can we just talk about not her? Right. Like, I don't know. I felt I felt bad that like right. I get why they asked her, but at the same time, I was like, it's an important. It's so important, but also like people always say on this show, I don't want to let other girls overshadow my relationship. Yeah. I mean, I was like glad he asked because I do feel like it's it's important for her to be able to share her perspective. But it was like, oh, you also had so much happen, and we're talking about. The other woman basically yeah no it is I, I totally understand why he asked but at the same time I can only imagine the emotional exhaustion right. of being asked about this constantly right so Matt comes out they talk he gives her a, a perfectly fine apology the last thing that she says to him is I hope you move on with kissing with your eyes closed and learning new phrases that are not thank you for sharing great. and I was, was like iconic behavior can I say, I love that. That's my bachelorette. Like, I was so happy. I was like, yeah, roast his ass. So, <laughs> love that. I'm glad Emmanuel did get in the classic Chris Harrison question. Like, so do you, do you still love this man? <laughs> he, got it, he got it to both of them. He didn't, he didn't quite use the same phrasing, but I knew what he was. I knew what he <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that this journey did? <laughs> Just he, Emmanuel's like, so I've watched three episodes of this show and I've been practicing the phrases that I've heard. And this is one of them. <laughs> but um, then we get Matt talks with Just Emmanuel about Rachel, which is when we learn that they're not still together. And the most important thing that I think Matt said during all that, he reveals that they're not still together. He revealed that he was with her into the rumors coming out about her, which is honestly longer than I thought that they were still together. So did you think that did you think that this ended things like naturally, like natural causes? I thought they ended things a long time ago. I thought when this stuff first started to come out about her, he had probably ended it. But he said that he was with her through the first statement she released, which was the beginning of February. So this is like pretty recent. And yeah. Emmanuel asked him about, you know, people who think, you know, oh, you never really loved her if you broke up with her over this. And he says, I, I would ask people who are so triggered by this to bring that same energy to change. And then he highlights that a lot of these conversations about Matt, Rachel, whether he ever loved her, if he broke up with her, all that stuff. He said that a lot of these conversations are happening outside of people 
people of color. And as three white people who are recording a recap podcast on this, this is a conversation that's happening outside of people of color a lot of times. And I think in some ways the conversations need to happen outside of people of color because it's not up to people of color to educate white people on why these things matter and why it's important. But at the same time, I think what Matt was trying to highlight there is like, I don't care what these 45 year old white women who watch the bachelor have to say about if I ever loved Rachel, like it's his life and it's his choice. And as a black man, he's going to handle things the way that is appropriate for him. And that is comfortable for him. And it's no job of white people to be like, how dare you? And white people, like, we would never be like, Peter, did you even love Maddie? Like, nobody fucking asked right. that. So, like, why, like, it's, it's, this goes along with being the first Black Bachelor. Like, why do white people feel that they're so entitled to speculation when none there's one bachelor that's still with the person he chose and there's very little like actually who we actually chose there's very little speculation around the rest of these assholes who are never (laughs) with the people that they chose and then this happens and it's something that's so traumatic and like triggering and of course like we we can't even begin to imagine as white people we can't imagine the trauma this caused we can't imagine what this was like for matt to face And so I absolutely like, it's so fucking, it's like, it's really frustrating knowing that there's white people who are like, you know, how dare you leave her just because of this? It's like, what do you mean just? Like, it's so frustrating. And I, I just feel so, I feel for him. Like really, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just sorry that white people are the way that we are and (laughs) that he has to face this from, from people. And that like, it's just so invalidating. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you've never been through anything like this. There's no way that you could go through anything like this. So shut the fuck up and maybe listen to what he's saying. Like, I think ultimately, I think there could have been a world in which this stuff came out and they could still have been together. I think there is stuff that they talked about that came out because of that, that made it clear that was not going to be the case. I think not, not, not that Matt needs to have, like, yeah, I don't want to put this weight of having the perfect answer to like salt, to like quell racist idiots watching The Bachelor. Yeah. But I feel like it, if I was like the Chris Harrison stan down in Alabama, yeah, I would have gotten the impression that Matt broke up with Rachel because these pictures came out and like that, like, you know, that's all he needs to know. It's dumb, which wouldn't be fair. But I feel like there's more than that. And he could have put like the woke police police in their place a little bit by saying like, it's not about this one instant, like this revealed right. things about her. And he well, kind of got he there. He kind of does. He, he kind of did. Yeah. When he said that the biggest issue for him wasn't the pictures coming out. It was that she didn't understand right away why he was so upset. Right. And I think that is more telling of the growth that she needs to do than the fact that the pic, because I think it's like, if the pictures had come out, if the social media stuff had come out and it was apparent that she was actively not like that anymore and had been doing so much work. And if she was immediately so understanding of why he was upset, I think, like you said, there could be a world where this could have been fixed and they could still be together. But I think the, the reaction was almost worse than the crime of like not understanding why this would affect him. And he's, yeah, he said like, based on her reaction, it was just really clear that she had no idea what it meant to be a black man in America. And that's what caused it more than just, you know, well, this happened and. I know this is like their like very personal stuff, but I guess I would have, I would have liked to hear like just a tiny bit more context about what that conversation was. Yeah. Right. What happened that made her that made him realize it's, there was like a total lack of understanding. It's sad that Matt is not getting this protection that I'm about to talk about. Uh, and he is being attacked online for breaking up with her and all this stuff. But what I will say in terms of protection is I think uh, Rachel has, has done some really shitty stuff, but at the same time, I feel like going more in depth, I really think that would not have been good for her in terms of just like people online and like, I'm not saying if she deserves the protection or she doesn't, but I am saying that uh, from, and again, this is not, you know, what she said last night is not my reaction to claim or defend or accept or whatever. But I will say that that is a girl that is mentally not doing well. 
like when she was sitting yeah. there last night, I was like, she, like she needs some time away. And I think Matt does too. They both just looked like shit. And like, I understand why this is a terrible thing to have gone through. And I think Matt, it is over, but he does like still care about her. I mean, we like yeah. you said, we see how much he really cared about her at the end. So, and he's kind of hinted at this even in his statements and in interviews he's done, like want, he still has this like inclination to protect her to an extent. And it's not my job to say whether he owes her that or not. Yeah. But he does have that kind of inclination. And so I do think part of it was like, I don't want to just like have her be getting flack for what happened. So I think that's a big part of it. And I also think like Emmanuel Acho, when he was just talking to Rachel was kind of, he, he said, there's a difference between racially insensitive and racism. And he yeah. was like, and what you did was racially insensitive, but it led, it leads itself to racism. Like, yeah, it, there is a distinction, but they do go hand in hand. I appreciated it coming from him, especially because Chris Harrison would have made it like, you know, what you did wasn't racist. It was just a little bad, you know, and, and it's like, okay, <laughs> shut the fuck up. So he, he makes that important distinction. And I do think it's important to note, like it wasn't, she didn't do anything violent. She wasn't at the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah. But she- We don't know that. Yeah, that we know of. It was racially insensitive and it does lead to racism and it does it, it doesn't, it's not completely two different things. They are parallel. They go to, they, you know, can intersect. It, it was just really, it was an interesting point that he made. And I appreciated that he made it because I was like, yes, it, she wasn't like, cause I think a lot of people online too yeah. who are defending her are like, what's racist about this still to this day are like, it's not racist. And yeah. it's like, I want you to understand the difference. Also, I think something that I think we've always known about Rachel, even as this stuff was coming out, like, I don't think that Rachel's the world's greatest actress. Like she seems sweet. She seems like a perfectly nice person like on the show and stuff. And like Matt said, the first thing that attracted him to Rachel was her authenticity. Like, I think that she probably is a perfectly fine person. And, but what I like that they acknowledged is that she was just incredibly ignorant. And Emmanuel basically says like prejudice is willful commitment to ignorance. And she she owned up to it and she basically because he said like how many nights did you lie awake nervous that these pictures were going to resurface and she's like I didn't because I was ignorant to the fact that I had done something wrong like I didn't worry about the pictures at the time I I didn't care to learn the background of the party I could have but I was ignorant to the fact that it could even be insensitive and I I appreciated that she she owned up to that and yeah. Again, that her apology is not mine to claim, but I appreciated the acknowledgement and the acceptance that the problem wasn't that she was knowingly doing things that were racist. It was just that she allowed herself to be ignorant enough to not see how they could be. Right. And I think also that goes along with, you know, people are like, why doesn't the franchise do checks on these people? And it's like, first of all, they do. And they probably, like Rachel, didn't see a problem with it. As we saw with Chris Harrison's interview, they are probably, they were probably in the same boat. If they even, <laughs> you know, yeah. saw those pictures, they were probably didn't even bat an eye because it is this ignorance and it's willful and it's not, I'm gonna educate myself on these things and and I know better. I think that after the final rose part was interesting from a couple different perspectives. Like obviously, like the very individual aspect of Rachel and Matt, but also trying to think about the fact that this is what's getting broadcast to the audience as a whole. Like, I'm, obviously, I think they, whether she deserves it or not, I think they gave Rachel a very fair edit. Yeah, I agree. Last night, and I think they're trying to, I'm like, what's like the intention of that? And I would say, I, mean, I, would, I would say, like, I don't think they un gave her an, an unfairly good edit. I think they were honest about what happened without like, kind of like slamming her trying to think like who like who is that who is that for that choice like is that like the people who are like still supporting Chris Harrison or you know, I mean I hate making it about like sides but I feel like people who might not understand the nuance of the issue right only see like oh Rachel being slammed Rachel being slammed and they're like they did a very good job of presenting the facts and also letting Rachel be a person whose character might be valuable and also having these like they did a great job balancing I think like yeah. the nuance of 
all of it. I think they did a good job of, like you were saying, balancing the nuance of the conversation, which is rare that I compliment them for doing something in a nuanced fashion. But yeah, nuance is not a word I use. Right. Very often. But I think that you're right, because I think typically in Bachelor edits, we see like heroes, villains, lead, like there are these very um, rigid structures that we we put these kind of quote characters into. And what I appreciated about what they did for both Matt and Rachel last night was, I th- like you said, I think they gave Rachel a very fair edit. Like they showed her what was wrong. They talked about what was wrong, why it was wrong. But at the same time, I didn't feel, I feel like with everything going on right now, if they had handled it in a less nuanced way, it would have been very easy to air after the final rose in such a way that villainized Rachel. I don't feel necessarily sympathy for her, but I also don't hate her. The last thing I want to touch on from after the final rose is at the end when he's talking with Rachel and Matt, I think one of the hardest parts of this episode, and I think what sums up their breakup perfectly about why this breakup is so hard, she's sitting there crying and Matt obviously feel sympathy for her because he cares about her and whatever but then he does stand up for himself in a way that I think was great and he said I don't want to be emotionally responsible for your tears and I appreciated that he said it because he took we we put so much weight on black people to comfort white people about their racial reckonings which doesn't make any sense and so I appreciated that Matt did not take ownership of those feelings I think uh there's a lot of conversation, really important conversation around white women's tears. Yes. And white women's tears are extremely, extremely harmful to people of color. Right. There's, there is so much that white women's tears weaponize. I think like it is still important regardless of the source of the tears or they have to worry about you because you're crying. Right. And I appreciate it. That's why I liked his reaction. Yeah, me too. Thank you. (laughs) Matt Matt was put in a really impossible position last night it was really hard for him to come out I mean especially for people who are not as like interested in seeking the nuances of situations well I think it was helpful for Matt as an individual to have it be Rachel and Emmanuel sitting there instead of it being Rachel and Chris like it would have been so uncomfortable for him if you know Rachel is sitting there next to him crying Chris Harrison's across from him like you know so you you really think it was the right thing to do to break up with Rachel over what happened three years ago like Emmanuel asked those questions as well but it didn't feel as like I, ignorant as it would have coming from Chris. I just think Matt, there is no good, without being honest, I think he either had to say either like, I'm either like true to myself or I am going to look kind of cold. Like yeah. know, rightfully so, because he's, he's so pissed. Well, I think that um, and frustrated. what you were saying about Emmanuel asking those questions that Chris definitely would have asked too. Like, oh, do you think it's fair to break up with her for something that happened three years ago? Coming from Emmanuel, it sounded like he was asking the question because he knew that fans of the show would be asking the question. Coming from Chris, it would have been because he just didn't understand. So I appreciated that. The one thing that Emmanuel did that I did not like, he did an amazing job. The one thing he did that I did not like, and it was probably producer prompted, um, knowing the absolute demons that run this show. But at the end, Emmanuel goes how about one last embrace? And I was like, no, we're not going to make Matt James hug his emotional abuser. Like, we're not going to do that to him. And I appreciated that he didn't do it. So uncomfortable. The physicality this whole time. Unlike anything we've seen. The physicality this whole time from Rachel, I'm talking about specifically. She kept touching his leg. She kept trying to reach for him, hold his hand. Don't touch him if he doesn't want to be like he's not happy with you but he does reach for her hand at one point as well so i feel like yeah did but i felt like she was kind of doing the most she was doing way more yeah yeah yeah. trying to be really like comforting and it's like you're not like helping it's it's also again like i don't know her intentions with anything i do not read her but it does come across as manipulative what's happening but it does come across as manipulative it does come across as talk to me talk to me i can still be your person and it's kind of like don't touch him and so and then especially that's highlighted when emmanuel said like one last embrace and matt was like no no Which is within his right to say, and I'm glad he did. I didn't know that a breakup on this show could get more awkward than when they played the unedited footage of Ari breaking up with Becca. Like, I didn't know that I could feel more uncomfortable than I did in that moment. This did it. Like, 
when he asked them to hug and Matt was like, no, I was like, wow, something topped it. I'm more uncomfortable now than I was when I watched Ari and Becca break up. Didn't know that it could happen, but it was also just like, my last thing that I guess we should talk about with After the Final Rose is we do get Katie and Michelle announced, um, which was great. I'm excited for two seasons of The Bachelorette. I enjoy The Bachelorette much more than I enjoy The Bachelor, both because women are better decision makers and also because the male contestants are funnier and less mean. They're just funny. Like, they're just there for the bit. <laughs> they're just, like, stupid and they're all besties. It's like, what the hell? Right, people are like, like why house? are we getting, like, the negative reviews? Like, why are we getting two seasons of The Bachelorette? I was like, shut the fuck up and be happy about this. It almost doesn't matter who The Bachelorette is. Oh, yeah. The content is in the male contestants. It is, it is prime. Anyways. It's way funnier to watch. Way funnier to watch. But the thing I just wanted to comment about at the end before the reveal... Just what a fucking awful way to end Matt James' season. Just, I mean, there was no way to put a positive spin on after the final rose. It's a shitty situation. I get it. Chris Harrison could have done it, and you know it. <laughs> he could have He could have wrapped that up in a bow. It, it just it felt like this was, uh, this was advertised as this, like, groundbreaking season, <laughs> like, we're getting um, a black man as The Bachelor. We're getting more contestants of color than we've ever seen on an individual season. Like we're getting all these amazing things that should have been really positive steps forward. And to have it end on the note that it did, it just, I felt like icky after I watched it because I was like, we like, this shouldn't have happened to Matt James. Like he should not have been set up to fail like this and to have what was supposed to be this like really historic groundbreaking season end in anything other than Matt James being totally content and happy yeah. just felt really icky. And like, I don't feel that bad for like Peter Weber when he's not in love. Fuck, fuck that guy. Like, I can't stress enough that if I'm ever in an airport flying Delta and I see that Peter Weber is my pilot, I will be changing no, planes. Like, but like, it just, it just felt <laughs> shitty that, that we capitalized. I mean, it felt shitty because it is shitty that we capitalized on Matt James this entire season as like most historic season, first black bachelor, and we just royally fucked him over. Yeah, only to traumatize him and give him a terrible edit. I don't want right. to look back on this season and be like, God, it fucking sucked, I hated it. And I don't think it's Matt James's fault that I did. They cut so much of the fun, and I do think Matt James is funny, and I think we see him being funny in cut clips, and we never get to see him, like, be joyful. Yeah, it just was a shitty note to end on. I've been ready for this season to be done for a long time just because of everything we've learned about Rachel. Just like knowing that he was going to end up being traumatized. I was like, okay, like it was like watching a car crash. I'm like, I know that this is going to end with this man being absolutely traumatized and I hate, hate watching it. But imagine how boring the season would have been if we didn't, if we were just watching it. Like, right? Like, that's the thing is I only, and that's what I'm talking about with this, like, yeah. this two parallel timeline. This season was only fun because of all of yeah. the chaos that surrounded it. Well, it's, it's also just like, tricky. It, it's, tricky. I think this is the, the issue with reality TV in general, housewives, anything. It's like, these are not characters. They are people. And I think that What's great about The Bachelor is it's good TV. What's bad about The Bachelor is it's good TV. Like oftentimes the reason The Bachelor is good TV is because people are traumatized <laughs> because of it. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I had about it. I'm, I'm excited for two seasons of The Bachelorette. I'm excited for Paradise. Paradise is already like my favorite. I love Paradise. Yeah. I missed it this year. Honestly, if they never aired another season of The Bachelor and it was only The Bachelorette in Paradise from here on out, I would be thrilled. I would be thrilled. They got to change the way they edit The Bachelor, dude. I cannot keep watching this. Like, I will have to skip <laughs> The Bachelor. It's, it's the worst part. It's the worst one. And it's the original. And it's the worst thing. It's, this, it's worse than Listen to Your Heart at this point. Like... The last two oh, seasons- all the listen to your heart people will be in paradise. If, if Matt and Rudy are not no. both there- Causing that's chaos. That's enough for me. Goodbye. <laughs> I want that. I want that drama on the beach all summer long. Anyway, so 
this is our last episode for a while. And then once we're back with Katie, we'll be back in full swing. Oh, we, we might pop on if anything crazy happens, we might pop on to discuss. But other than that, I look forward to getting some of my brain cells back. That'll be good for me. And maybe I'll watch some like Oscar nominated films to try to like yeah. up my brain cells. I'm trying to like clean this shit out, water it, harvest it, <laughs> take care of it allow it to sit in the sun so and then anyway sean replant my brain yeah Sean, thank you so much for joining us even though you have to work today Uh, no my pleasure i got the text it was so nice to have a text asking me to join before the episode started it's like i can prepare perfect i can take (laughs) i can take mediocre notes um and you did i cannot listen to Did you touch on everything that you that you wanted to touch on from the episode yeah i it was so boring nothing i wanted to say about this. I was, okay, I, mean, I was here for, I was here for Manuel Acho. Same. All right, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we're taking a break. Don't look for us next week. Um, I have my out of office on go on Instagram, follow don't insult my podcast, subscribe on Spotify, Apple podcasts. If you're listening to Google podcasts, I'm confused, but subscribe there as well. Leave us a nice review. Say something nice about our coverage of this season. And we will see you back and better in May for Katie's season of The Bachelorette. I really hope that it will be a blasty blast for us all. Thank y'all. Yeah, this, we threaten this a lot, but, but if Katie's season does not turn this shit around, like, there's it no could hope. Be end. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you. Goodbye.